0: For those of you that don't know, my name is Javon Johnson. I'm a chaplain at the United States Navy station with the Marines one and 111 with Artillery. And today we're going to be talking about a matter of position. And oftentimes in our Christianity, we find ourselves not putting ourselves in the right position and we become complacent with our Christianity. We find ourselves singing the same songs over and over again. We find ourselves knowing the scriptures too much, but we're not doing anything about our Christianity because our position is all messed up. Now as a minister, you're supposed to be in the right position. The position you're supposed to be is on the stage. And right now I'm in a different position. I'm in the back of the room, right over here. Hi, how you doing? And so in order for you to look at me and pay attention to me, you have have to accommodate for me. And often for churches and Christianity included, we find ourselves putting people in positions position where we, they have to accommodate for us. You have to come to my position in order for me to tell you about the gospel. Come to this church event. Come to this thing. Do this particular thing. So we put ourselves in that position. Another position we tend to put ourselves in is where we only find ourselves talking to the people that we think are going to be susceptible to the Christianity. Like Robert. How you doing? They say, how you doing? How you doing? Doing good. And we and we find ourselves just talking to those people. And then the default, we end up ignoring everyone else. People who might need to hear the gospel more than Robert does. But our favorite position, the one that we are very, very good at, is the one where I shun all the rest of y'all. I only talk to the real Christians over here. (laughs) Not necessarily simply the real Christians, but the Christians who agree with what I agree with who think how I think, who act like I act, and we ignore the people who actually need the gospel. You see, our position matters. Where you position yourself matters. And I can still get up here and position myself in the right position and turn my back to everybody. And I can start talking this way, and sometimes we put ourselves in a position where we're only focused on our relationship with God. But God is telling us that it's not simply just about our relationship with him. It's our relationship with other people because God loves people more than anything. And since we claim to love God, we should be loving people the same way. But it's not about having a Christian checklist. It's about putting yourself in a position to be used by the living God. Matthew 25, verse 31 to 33 says this. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. And all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right hand and put the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothing, you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. And I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Now, that does sound like a checklist, right? Of things that God wants us to do in order for us to inherit the kingdom of God. And so when they hear this, they're thinking to themselves, they're like, man, well, when did we see you do that? When did we see you hungry? When did we see you needing thirst? When did we see you do all these things? He says, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of sisters of mine, you did for me. Jesus isn't simply talking about good Christian actions. He's talking about our position. And here's how you know that, because Jesus was talking to his disciples. He says, hey, many going to come to me on that day and say, Lord, did not prophesy in your name. Didn't I cast out demons in your name? Didn't I do all these wonderful works in your name? And he's going to say to them, away from me, I never knew you. What? That sounds like some amazing feats. That sounds like some amazing things for some people to do, casting out demons, um, healing people. And Jesus is going to say, away from me, I never knew you, because he is not talking about good Christian actions. A lot of us can do good Christian actions. But it takes A person who believes in God wholeheartedly to put themselves in the position to be used by him. So when it says, while I was hungry, you gave me something to eat, it's very important for us to understand what he's saying. Now, for me, I grew up very poor, right? I grew up where once the food ran out in the house, the food ran out. And we might go one or two days without food. We had to walk you know, pretty far sometimes to go to churches three miles in the snow. Wait, I'm sounding like an old person right now. <laughs> but, but we did have to do those things. We did have to go and do those things in order for us to have food. And so I know what it's like to be hungry. And so when my kids be like, I'm hungry, Daddy. I'm like, you don't know what it's like to be <laughs> But, they, but they, you know, they, 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 they need food. They need substance. And so for me, I go, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give my kids food. I'm going to give myself food. I'm going to spend money on food for me. And how many times do we spend money on food and we end up wasting it? Or we might get the food and we take it and we, like, we feel good about ourselves, which is fine. Like, it's great. And we give it to the homeless person, which is fine. But that's just simple Christian acts. Because a lot of times with some of us, including myself, and I'm putting myself in this situation, We would go into debt so that we can eat more food. We would go into debt so that we can get more clothing. So it's not simply about me moving from my my house to Japan and then taking the clothes that I know my daughters have because sometimes I go into their room and they have tags still on the clothes. It's not about simply taking that stuff It's like, oh, look how good I am. I donated it to the Salvation Army. I donated it to the Red Cross, I donated it to these people. It's about whether or not you should've even had those clothes in the first place when you don't need them. And it's about whether or not you should've used that money or those particular possessions to go out and help people who actually need it. Because I know for a fact we don't hang around people that need stuff. That's why it's hard for us to find situations to do these things. We're wealthy, right, am I right? And so by default, we hang around wealthy people. And so, in turn, we miss out on opportunities to put ourselves in the position to be used by God. See, your position determines your ministry. Every time I preach, I always tell you one thing I want you to get out of the sermon. If you don't remember anything else, this is the thing I want you to remember. Your position determines your ministry. Now, I used to work at a different church, the North County Church of Christ in Escondido. And one of the things that we used to do at the end of um, when the summer started, we had these things called the summer nights. We did that for a long, long time. But on the summer nights, we would go to the beach. We had beach devos. We had barbecues, sing along, all kind kind of things, right, that were good for edifying the church and building the church, which was great. And then one week, one year, I decided, I'm like, hey, how about we do something for community service? they were like, okay, cool, we'll do it. And since it was your idea, you run it. I'm like, cool, I'll do that. So <laughs> in the area that we live in, right, we kind of, uh, uh, Escadillo, parts of it's pretty wealthy, but parts of it is really, really poor. And where the church was sitting at, we kind of sit catty corner to a laundromat with a whole bunch of um, poor people that live over there. I was like, it'd be a great idea to go into that community, into that laundromat and bless people with money, um, some clothing, some backpacks, and we did all this grand thing. So that was the one Wednesday that we decided to do. So we went there, and I tend to not just say, hey, you know, you want some money, poor person? And I just walk up to people. I tend to, like, talk to them, see how they're doing. And so I start talking to this one lady, and I was just asking her about her life, about what she's doing. And she was just telling me about her daughters, her grown kids, and all that stuff. And she tried to sell me an Obama, or not sell me, give me an Obama, Obama phone. I was like, I don't need no Obama phone, <laughs> you know. And so, like, I was just like, okay, well, here, here's what I want to do. I know, know your struggle. I, I, I want to bless you. My ch- I, work for, I work for a church in you uh, we want to bless you. Here's $10 to help you wash your clothes. Now think about what I just said, $10. That woman took that $10 and she, being, she began to cry. Because <laughs> I gave her $10. And she looked at me, she said, like, you don't know how much this means to me. I was just having a conversation with my daughter, almost an argument with her, of whether or not we should eat or we should... <laughs> wash our clothes. We haven't washed our clothes in a week, and I know that we have to go out and make money, so I told her like, we can go a couple days without eating, but we can't go that long without washing our clothes because people are going to think we smell and we won't sell anything. $10. Pretty insignificant to me, right? I'd spend $10 at Starbucks just like that. Yeah, all we did, all the church decided to do is to put themselves in the position to be around people who needed the help the most. And one of the most amazing things about that is that it was happening on a Wednesday night. What do we normally do on Wednesday night? Bible study, Bible study right? And, you, and Glenn does a great job at the Bible study. He wants you to come to Bible study, and I want you to come to Bible study. But at the same time, if all we ever do is go to Bible study, I don't have an opportunity to be in a position to help this lady on a Wednesday night when she needed help more than anything else. See, when we can't tend to focus on ourselves and focus on the position that we like to be in, we miss out on opportunities for God to do ministry. And so you have this guy who put himself in a good position. You have Philip. It says, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the guards heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all pay close attention to what he said. Now, this is very important. This is loaded. Obviously, we know if you're a Christian for a long time, you know, Jews and Samaritans, they didn't like each other. And so this is a big deal for Philip, who was a Jew, to go into a place, Samaria, where they hated him. Now, read the last part. It says they all pay close, close attention to what he said. And so sometimes we don't put ourselves in the position to be around people because we might not like them. We might, not, we might not like gay people. We might not like people who sleep around. We might not like, fill in the blank of the sinners that you can think of that you don't like, and because we don't like them, we don't put ourselves in the position to be used by them, and so they don't ever hear the gospel. Because either A, we don't like them, or B, we think that they won't listen to what we have to say. You see, God will task us with more ministry when we put ourselves in position. So because Philip decided to do that, because he decided to do that, God came to him and said, hey, Philip, I need you to go down to Gaza, and there's this dude that I need to tell about the gospel. He's like, where am I going? He's like, I don't even know where I'm going. So he just follows what God tells him to do. And this is what it says. He said, the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip read up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked? How can I, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. That is a profound statement that that man, the Ethiopian eunuch said. He says, how can I unless somebody explains it to me? And a lot of us are sitting here with 20 plus years, 30 plus years of experience, and we know the Bible. We know what God has called us to do, but we don't put ourselves in the position to be used by God. And the only thing we tend to do is to put more Stuff and into our head, into our brain. I got to get more spiritual. I have to have my relationship with God, and I'm going to ignore the relationship that God has told us to pay attention to, the relationship with other people. Some of us only position ourselves to go to church, so all we get is a sermon. Some of us only position ourselves to come here on Sunday morning, so all you get out of your Christianity is a sermon. And then we go on about our merry way. We go back to work and we do all the things we know we do. We treat our spouse any old way. We treat our kids any old way. We act how we want to act at, at school or at work. Because the only thing that we actually position ourselves to do is to come here and hear a sermon. And that is not what God has called us to do. You see, that's why sometimes you might be looking at Christianity and be like, well, my Christianity is boring. I wish it would, things would happen like that, in the Bible, like it happens in the Bible. And well, God's like, it can happen like that, if only you were paying attention. You see, Philip doesn't hear the call of God if he's not putting himself in position. And so sometimes God is calling to us, he's talking to us, but we can't hear it because we cloud ourselves with all this noise and try to only focus on ourselves and put our ourselves in the position to be comfortable. We need to position ourselves differently to see the Holy Spirit working. So a lot of us might think the Holy Spirit is not working, that it's not alive and well, but I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that the Holy Spirit is working. You're just not participating in it. Because instead of being in a position for God to use you to be able to see the Holy Spirit working, you say, no, I'm not going to be able to, I'm going to be in this position where it's nice and comfortable. I get into more debt. I eat more food. I buy more clothes. And I worry about me. I buy a bigger house. I fix up my kitchen. Acts chapter 16, verse 34, it says, The jailer brought them into his house to eat, eat a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Now, this is what happened. So, Paul and Silas decided they want to preach the gospel. And in the process of preaching the gospel, they get thrown into jail. Instead of complaining about getting thrown into jail, they decided to sing praises to God. (laughs) They decided to sing praises to God. And because they they were singing praises to God, God shook the jail and broke them out. And then the guard was right there. He was about to fall on the sword. And Peter was like, no, no, Paul was like, don't do that. I need to tell you about Jesus Christ. You see, Paul could have been like he was before, just sitting in the, in, the, in the synagogue, preaching that God is God. Reading the same scriptures over and over again. Trying to figure out, where, where, where's my life going? But instead, because he got called by Jesus Christ, he said, you know what? I'm going to go out, I'm going to put myself in a position to be used by God. And by default, miraculous things started to happen in his life. And so if we're waiting on God to do something, maybe God's waiting on you to put yourself in position to see what he's already doing. Because God is doing something. We're just not seeing it. All across the world, all across this nation, God is doing an amazing thing. But we sit up here and we're just putting ourselves in position to just not see it. You see, we miss out on the Holy Spirit working because being comfortable is our favorite position. I'm going to say that again. We miss out on the Holy Spirit working because being comfortable is our favorite position. It's the American position. And sometimes we act more American than we do Christian. And that's unfortunate. And the reason why it's unfortunate is because I know as I stand here today that I am not the man that I am right now without the power of Jesus Christ working in my life. And so as me, as a living testimony of that, I, I have to reshape my brain, reshape. I have to be like, you know what, I'm going to reject everything American. And I'm going to focus on the things that God has told me to do. And that's hard to do. It's hard to do when our favorite position is being comfortable. It says this. Now this is why it's important for us to understand why this is important to be in a good position. Then he would say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into an eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. Several times in the Bible, in the Old Testament, and Jesus said, he said, the poor you will always have with you. So if you find yourself in a position where you don't talk to or be around a lot of poor people, maybe you need to change your position. If you find yourself not being around people who need clothes very often, maybe we need to change our position because this seems like a very important thing to Jesus. Because this is one of the times that he says, if you don't, you're going to go to hell. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. And so we can't confuse ourselves and say, oh, let me find out exactly what I need to do and put a checklist and, and come up. Because you're going to drive yourself crazy crazy. There's not enough hours in a day to knock out all that thing, all those things. But what's important to you? What's on your heart? What can you change about the world around you? How can you position yourself in the better so that you can help people who actually need to be helped? Those are questions that you need to think about for yourself. You see, again, Jesus isn't simply talking about good Christian actions. He is talking about our position. So there's a question I have for you guys. What position are you putting yourself in for the kingdom of God? I want you to think about that. What position are you putting yourself in for the kingdom of God? It's not enough to know Bible verses. It's not enough to simply sing praises and know them by heart. It's not enough to say, hey, I got to check. I've been to church for 30 years straight. That's not enough. In fact, it's not even what God is calling us to. Because if he was, he would have said that. Jesus would have said that. Hey, the reason why you get to go to heaven is because you came to church often. The reason why you get to go to heaven is because you memorize the book of James. The reason why you get to come to heaven is because you taught a Bible class. The reason why you went to heaven is because you got up here and preached. Oh, no, this is window dressing. There's, there's, there's only so much power in this. You want me to tell you why? Because I'm only talking to you, the people in this room. So as I'm talking to you as I, and I'm telling you what God has told us to do, You, in turn, need to take that and say, you know what, I need to be doing something for the kingdom of God. Because I'm not at your work. I'm not at your schools. I'm not with you when you're at the restaurants. I'm not with you when you're at at, at grocery stores. I'm not with you when you're at Macy's. Yet all those opportunities are there for you to put yourself in a position to be used by God to change the life of someone around you. So what position are you putting yourself in for the kingdom of God? I know it's tough. It's tough. It's hard. It's hard because for me, for the past 10 years, I have uh, been in ministry, right? So it's real easy for me to be like, I baptized 100 people and I did this because I've done all that stuff, right? But in the context of me getting paid to be a minister, right? And so you're like, well, Javon, that's great for you. <laughs> it's amazing. You're you're a minister. You're a youth minister. You were a youth minister, and you are a chaplain. So of course you did your job. I have another job that involved me to do those things. Look, look, look. Don't compare yourself to the minister, right? Don't compare yourself to, to the evangelist or someone who is doing something different. Right? Because your position is where God has placed you at right now. You see, God has placed me here. He has placed me in a position to preach. He has placed me in a position to be a chaplain. He placed me in a position to be a youth minister. And when I was there, I did what God allowed me to do in the position I was in. And so I I can't say that that position is more or lesser than someone else's position. All I can say is that God has put you in a position, and you claim to be a Christian. So do Christian things. Speak in a Christian way. Focus on other people and not focus on yourself, as the Bible continues to say. Because even though you might seem to, to you that it's minute and it's just small and you just like, I, I, I'm looking at all these other people and they're baptizing these people and doing this, I know for a fact when I gave that lady $10 and she cried that it had changed her whole life. And there are tons of people who you don't know. They need their lives to be changed. But you'll never know it if you don't put yourself in position to be used by God. And so our Christianity becomes kind of pointless. It becomes this. And we go back to our house and we watch football, because I know that's what I'm going to do afterwards. (laughs) And we just be comfortable. But that's not what God is calling us to. He is calling you to see how powerful he really is. How amazing he really is. How he actually can transform the lives of the people around you. I know that for a fact because I'm standing here today. See, I get up here and I might tell you parts of my testimony and I only give you a little bit. I only sugarcoat it because it's not appropriate for some people to hear some things. have to put yourself in a position to be used by God, and I guarantee you he will use you. I guarantee it. So if you don't mind, can I get everybody to stand? And we're going to sing the song as we get out of here. But if you have found yourself as a Christian who who have been a Christian for a while, you're like, man, you know what, I I have been just putting myself in a position not to be used by God. I've just been putting myself in a position to be comfortable, a position where I just do whatever I want to do, and I come to church, and then I go home well, you can come up right now and we, we repent of your sins and we we'll pray for you. We have the elders over here that pray for you uh, for that. But also, if you haven't given your life over to Jesus and you're thinking to yourself, man, I want to be in that position where I'm changing my life, but also in turn using the Holy Spirit to change the lives of other people, there's no time like the present, right? To be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So if you have anything that you would like to share for, with us, please come forward now as we stand and as we sing.